Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire, and this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss, brought to you by Jiffy Lube, where you can earn a $100 travel credit, jiffylubeservice.ca. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. It was an entertaining game with a bad result for the Eskimos on Saturday. Brett Lowther with a walk-off field goal to win it for Saskatchewan, 27-24 the final on a frosty night on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. And uh, we welcome in the coach of the Eskimos. Say good evening, Jason. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you. Uh, you warm up. Was it cold for you on the sidelines? Does that get to you at all during a game? I know you're pretty focused on everything else. Uh, how was yeah, the, how's the weather like for you? anything. You just try to prepare for the elements as best you can. Um, you know, wind chill is usually the thing that gets you the worst, but uh, I think if you layer up like I did and you have the right proper attire you can make it through yeah i know and congratulations to the fans who made it through because uh it's okay when you're working and you're doing stuff when you're sitting on those seats and just sitting there for three hours it's pretty tough so, yeah i can imagine a, a hearty bunch of fans who made it to the end of the game for sure uh the big story in the game was the return of Trevor Harris at quarterback. Uh, first game he has started since the Labor Day rematch. First game he's played healthy since, I guess, mid-August almost. I guess the game in Toronto when he got hurt then the next week in Winnipeg. Uh, looked good. Numbers said so. Anyway, 321 for uh, passing, a touchdown, a couple of interceptions. How did he look to you? Oh, he, he, he looked very good. I mean, you take away a few plays in that game. Um, you know, and I chalked those up to experience and, and not being in there for a while. Um, you take a few plays away, and I thought he played pretty damn well. So he definitely gave us a chance in there. Um, you had very good command uh, of everything, you know. And like I said, we we ask a lot of him when he's in there. You know, we change things around when he, when he's operating the system, and you know he does that to a T and uh, did a very tremendous job. Um, you know, like I said, you take a few plays away, and, and it was pretty lights out. I, I don't want to say it was a, a minor injury because it kept him out for so long, but it was an injury that. I, I think it kind of bugged him because he really couldn't do anything but rest. That was all that was prescribed, I think, for it. And when you and we talked about this before, when you take the throwing arm away from a quarterback, the frustration level just must have been sky high for him throughout this whole thing. How do you handle it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was. I def, it does definitely a learning experience for him and frustrating um, for him. And I, I think for everybody, you know, you, you want to see him out there and you want to see him getting better, anyways. And when you're just being told that it's close or it's you know not not quite there. You know, it's it's just one of those things. It's if, if he could have played with it, he would have. But every time he attempted to, it wasn't good. And that's just the bottom line. I mean, no matter how he felt, he had to be able to go in there and practice and literally couldn't do it um, for those four weeks. So, you know, this last week, you know, he, he started off slow in practice, but it picked up. And you could see every day he got a little bit more comfortable. And I think even the game, I mean, I know aside from the first ball he threw, it was just beautiful. The rest of it, you know, I could tell as the game progressed, he got more comfortable being in there. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to this week in practice is him just continuing to feel better and more comfortable. Um, because when he is comfortable and he's feeling right, I mean, he's as good as there is. You mentioned the first ball. Uh, it was 65 yards, I think it was, to Ricky Collins Jr. right out of the chute. Was that by design, or did that just play open up for him? Well, it's just one of those things. I mean, we design every play, you know, with a result in mind. But, you know, ne- I mean... You know, we've ran that play a few times before and it hasn't gotten 65-yard gain. Mm-hmm. And But they played the defense that uh, 
predict or for that ball to be thrown where it was and obviously Ricky's talented so Ricky did the rest yeah. with it but it was an accurate ball right on the money uh, on time and anytime you you throw a ball on the money in a zone and the guy can catch it and, and with good movement I mean he, they're usually going to make something happen and he obviously did the, the two interceptions both kind of 50-50 balls it just didn't fall his yeah, way yeah I mean he'll tell you you know we, we both designed certain things for the week um, you know one was in the red zone where they gave certain looks and you know it just wasn't the look for for the ball he threw you know if he throws it two feet further maybe only our receiver could catch it and I mean I, I love Jonesy as a receiver but that's not his strength to go up for a ball if we'd had maybe Tavon or Greg in there they go up um, you know Marshall does a tremendous job going up for balls that are 50-50 mm -hmm. so we talked about that early in the week not to try to throw those balls up to him if he's in position and then the other one was just coverage I mean uh, you know if 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 Trevor pumps inside to work outside maybe gives us a better chance but you know the better the better result for us would have been if Trevor just reset his feet and came across to a drive concept that we have or reset back to our fullbacks and our tailback and you know as a second and medium throw thinking they'd be in man potentially and they weren't um, you know he did throw the ball up and we talked to Devaris you know if we can be up you know one-on-one -on -one with that just knock it down if you can or grab the guy and don't let him pick it and if it's a penalty it's a penalty but you know again I just chalked those up to learning and him you know not being in there for five weeks you know that's those are uncharacteristic reads and throws for Trevor um, but at times when you're not quite in the groove just yet you're gonna you're gonna force some balls or, or see some things differently and you know like I said I think more than anything as the game progressed those decisions got better the throws got better and you know ultimately um you know, that's what culminated into what I feel was a pretty good night for him. We talked to him on our post-game show, and, and he said he felt fine. In fact, he said the arm felt at the end of the game better than it's felt through this whole stretch, which was, I guess, really good news. I'm assuming you've talked to him since since then, the last couple of days. How did he come through it uh, after getting a night's sleep on it? Yeah, I mean, fine. So, you know, that's why we're excited this week to work with him and, and get him in practice. And just, I mean, it's been a while since he's been able to do this day after day after day with no restriction. So, you know, Trevor's one of those guys that needs reps and needs to throw uh, to feel good. So, um you know, it's going to be fun this week to, to go out there and just let them, you know, sling it around a little bit. Football is such a groove game, too. You just got to you got to get in the motion. You got to get the reps in, as you say, at practice, and then just get that feeling. And, and so obviously we expect to see more from him going through Saturday again as, as he gets more comfortable and everything. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be playing in this game, but he's definitely going to be practicing during the week. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, we're afforded the opportunity to rest certain guys, and that's what we're going to choose to do. Uh, but that doesn't mean we're not going there to win. We're not going there to play great football. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, we're going to decide that during the week, but there's a great chance he's not going to play. Um, and that's that's just the way we're going to approach this week. Uh, it's more important for us to get him completely 100% healthy um, and then throwing it. I don't want him to be nicked up at all going in. So, you know, ultimately that's good. And the other thing was we were dealing with some good, some bad weather too in that game. It was really windy and cold for the first time. And uh, for him to have a sore arm and be able to throw through that stuff was mm -hmm. good too. Okay, we'll go back to the lineup and, and what you're going to do for the game coming up later in the show. Uh, I want to ask you about the receivers and what kind of adjustments do they have to make uh, with a change at quarterback after, you know, going four straight games with Logan Kilgore there, or four and a half games, I guess. What kind of adjustments do they had, did they have to make on well, Saturday? Well, the first thing starts with their cadence. The quarterback's cadence is as much as you, you want it to be the same. It's de generally a little bit different, so the waggles are different for them. Um, 
you know, not to say our play calls are different, but the way we call our plays are a little bit different. We go more no huddle with Trevor in there because that's what he's more comfortable with than Logan. Um, so I think just getting used to that, that um, fast pace or faster pace and, and having to line up quicker and get the play and go. Um, you know, those are the biggest things that they have to adjust to. And, then, and the balls are different. I mean, Logan throws a different type mm-hmm. of ball, I think, than Trevor. Um, you know, but ultimately, um, you know, they're very similar. So, you know, there's not a huge amount of difference. Uh, just kind of thinking this in my head, uh, Trevor's a guy who goes through his progressions a little bit more uh, quicker, I think, than, than most quarterbacks probably. Does that mean that the, the third or fourth or fifth uh, targets on a certain play have to play a little differently because there's more of a chance the ball's going to well, get to them? Well, just uh, Trevor's experience in the offense you know, allows him to do that. I mean, he sees things prior to them opening or sees things prior to them being, you know, closed. I mean, as far as not open, he... He uses he listens to his feet better than most quarterbacks in the system because he's been in it so long. So yes, there's going to be more of an opportunity for guys who are on the field to know, hey, I better run the route, right route. There's a good chance I could get it. And we tell our receivers that every week. We don't have we have primaries in every concept, but we have resets in every concept as well. And it's always told to the receivers, you got to run your route. We don't make our receivers think a whole lot. They know the depths, the splits, all that they have to run. They're taught to run them full speed and expect the ball because it can come at you at any point, and that's all predicated on what a defense does. So that's why you see our offense generally have a different receiver each week, have a big week because it just is dictated by the defense, you know. And at times, you know, it is the same guy, and your your cream rises to the top at times. But and guys do do more with the ball in their hands. But ultimately, uh, that's decided by the quarterback making good decisions because he's afforded the time to get through a progression or how quickly a quarterback can read things and decipher things. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Talk about the front seven because, uh, I mean, maybe the best front seven in the league. Uh, They, uh, especially in the first half, terrific. All sorts of pressure, uh, all sorts of disturbances, taking time and uh, and space away from Fajardo throughout the first half. He had a a tough game. Kudos to him because he really responded to it. But, man, he got got beat up in the first half. Yeah, I mean, you look at the stats, and at the end of the game, and you see what he put up yards-wise, and and they got the win and all that, your hat is off to him because he stood in there and took some licks and took some hits and was able to deliver, particularly that last drive starting on the 10-yard line or 6-yard line, whatever it was, and drive them into field range kick that with no time left I mean he he did a tremendous job I, I felt with the pressure in his face and delivering balls and you know not hurting their their team and 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 whatnot so you know we we got to keep hitting him I mean that's our forte that's what we do as a defense we we definitely make it life miserable for a quarterback playing us and that's what we want uh, we want them to pay the price to play us every week. So, um, you know, I know they're excited uh, to play, to, to finish in first and all that by beating us if they can. And I know we're excited to, to go back and play them hard again and, and uh, obviously with a big onus on on making their life miserable too. I guess to a certain extent, you if, if he's going to beat you, you want to make him beat you, right? No you know question. I mean, like you took it to him and, and he won the battle because he put the yards up and got the win, but you made him pay the Yeah, price, you right? want him to feel the next day like he played somebody. And I've, I would bet the win made it feel a little bit better, but I would hope that he, he felt something in that game because I felt like our guys did hit him, did get to him. He's tough. I mean, he's definitely tough and stood in there. So I know he's more than capable of, uh, of taking it. And like I said, their, their 
offense did a good job of getting guys open and um, you know uh, hitting the hitting some big plays on us. But ultimately, when you try to affect a quarterback, that's what you'd like to do. What we did against them, and and that's a recipe for success. That's a recipe for winning games is by affecting guys. And you know he just happens to be playing at a very high level this year, and you know ultimately made enough plays in that game to beat us. Uh, you gave up a lot of yards in the air. Um, address that, and what kind of changes you feel you need to make. Yeah, I know their guys are going to go back to the drawing board a bit and just see if tighten up, tightening up some things. You know, when we play man-to-man, our guys got to be up for the challenge. And, and, and regardless of how many times we call it, they've got to be ready to defend it. Um, obviously, that's all facets. So, you know, that's your front seven got to get pressure on them. And our guys got to feel comfortable and confident that they can cover their guys. They've got some very skillful players. And the routes they're running, some double moves and whatnot. I mean, you're going to get open on some of those things. So, you know, but what we got to do is keep our confidence and, and be aggressive and, and, and feel like we can cover them. And then, you know, can we mix up some zones? Sure. You know, we're definitely going to go to the drawing board with that. I'll give some different looks most likely, and then they'll have to decipher it. But pressure is going to be the first thing that you got to do. You've got to be able to get pressure on them with the number of rushers that we're rushing. We've talked both on and off the air this season about uh, Jovan Santos-Knox, and I know you kept telling us how good he is, and, and we saw him last year at an All-Star year in, in Winnipeg, and, and I know people look from the outside, and, and I asked you this a couple of weeks ago when he was coming back, how tough is it to take Vontae Diggs out, who's having a great season at that spot, and, and you said we're taking him out for a better player, which is what you want to do. Uh, he was he was okay to good, I think, in his first game. He was all over the place in, in game two. I mean, he, he's a guy who really gets around the football. Yeah, no, he does. I mean, he's special. There's no question about it. And they, what, I'm not. I, I don't. I, how you said that about Vontae, I don't exactly like how you said it. I mean, it's it's difficult to to have a rookie come in and play for you at yeah. all. And for Vontae to come in and play 15, 16 games for us was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I don't. I don't uh, look at that at all and think, man, you know, that wasn't impressive. The guy we replaced him with, Santos Knox, is one of the best linebackers in the league and has proven it. And that's basically the reason no matter what, once Santos got healthy, no matter who was playing in front of him was going to get an opportunity. You know, it didn't necessarily have anything to do with Vontae yeah. Diggs playing or not as a rookie. It's just the fact that we we know what we had in Santos and we were going to let him prove it if he was able to come back to that same ability. And I think through two weeks of playing, he's proved that he's back to that ability. Mm-hmm. All right. To clarify, those are my words, not yours. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you in a bad spot right. there. I know. Yeah, Vontae Diggs. I mean, uh, he's going to be obviously going to be the Eskimos nominee for Rookie of the Year, and, and could go even further than that. Uh, he's made a, a great adjustment from from where he was. You know, came into camp with probably zero expectations, and then he he starts sixteen. Games. Well, knowing Vontae, I mean, he had expectations. I know he wanted to make our club, and I knew on special teams he'd be a force. You know, I, I felt like that was one of the things that he talked about a lot early in training camp that he wanted to play special teams, and knew that was going to be be the way to make his mark on our team. And he's excited about that. And even through the last two games, if you watch him play on special teams, he's doing his job. Uh, he's playing physical. So he's just got to continue to do that. You know, we got Walton as well back there that I know uh, most likely is going to be up this week. And, you know, between the two of them, those are two good young linebackers that I know uh, can be a force on special teams. And they can, when given the opportunity to play, can play at a high level. So, you know, um, but 
Dean and Santos, those two guys, you know, make a difference yeah. on any team, and they're definitely making their mark on our team right now. All right. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about the game coming up in Regina when we come back from break. First off, just want to remind you, tomorrow night, you got a chance to meet C.J. Gable and Greg Ellings. It will be at the Eskimos team store between 6 and 7 tomorrow night. Tomorrow, a 72-hour pricing special for season seat renewals begins tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., and it runs through until Friday morning at 10 a.m. To learn all about the amazing perks offered through the Eskimo season ticket uh, pack, Head to esks.com. Eskimos and Riders in Regina on Saturday. We'll have the game for you here on 630. It'll be a 2 o'clock start, a doubleheader day. Oilers are in Pittsburgh. That game starts at 11. As soon as they're done, we'll head to uh, Regina for the kickoff with the Eskimos and Saskatchewan. Uh, we'll talk about that game when we come back with uh, the Eskimos head coach, Jason Moss. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show for Jiffy Lou, Be Wise and Winterize. This is 630 Chet. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, where you can earn a $100 travel credit. JiffyLubeService.ca on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, we're back with the coach, uh, Jason Moss, in studio with us uh, for the Coaches Show tonight. Uh, Kelvin McCarty, uh, two touchdowns. That was kind of cool to see. We we're, were joking we're in a time machine a little bit uh, for the first half of the game. Uh, it's, it's, uh, everybody's happy when Kelvin's doing well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's... The consummate Eskimo. I mean, every, and when you when you look up that word, it should have a picture of him in it. I mean, he's just one of those guys that does it the right way. He's only played for Edmonton. He uh, brings it every day to practice meetings. Uh, guys love him. He's great in the locker room. He was voted one of our captains. Um, you know, he can do it all too. That's the thing. I mean, he's our pumper, personal pump protector. So he plays special teams. He can play fullback. He can play tailback. He catches the ball as good as anybody on our team. Um, he blocks as well as anybody on our team. So, you know, he does all the little dirty things for us. And then to get touchdowns is, is obviously special for anybody. That's what goes in the books. And for him to get a couple of them that game definitely, I'm sure, meant a lot uh, to our players and, and uh, hopefully to him and his family as well. First three carries of the season, he scores two touchdowns. Elmondo Seawall playing in front of him as the fullback. I want to ask you about mixing things up this time of the year. You can't, I guess you obviously can't be who you are all season long to a certain extent because people are watching, taking notes and getting ready. Uh, Seawall in at, full, at fullback, I don't know what you ever want to call it. McCarty getting the ball uh, two weeks ago. You brought Troy Williams in in short yardage. Very A lot of things we haven't seen this year. Is it important to show different looks down yeah. the stretch going into the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want people to not be sure what you're going to bring, particularly in those those uh, types of situations. So it does make it a lot easier on you when they have to prepare for multiple things. That means they're preparing for a lot of things and not focusing on just one thing, which is generally what we do. Um, there's a reason we've always done what we've done is because it doesn't take as much time to prepare for it, and we're very successful, highly successful at it. But when you can mix in some certain looks and certain things, then it just gives more people more things to prepare for. We feel like no matter what look we get, as long as our guys do their job and are physical, we should be able to get the yard or two that we need to get. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm a big believer in getting people involved. I, I've always been that way. I feel like if you got guys on your roster, you should try to utilize them in some some capacity so they feel a part of what you're doing. Um, you know, we've tried to do that throughout the year, um, whether it's been going six-pack to get a guy some reps or going into our big packages to get guys reps. But you always feel like you want guys to, to feel – Involved with the with the game and, and the flow and um, and obviously the more multi multi dimensional you are again 
the harder it is to prepare for you. Uh, injury situation with uh, Christian Jones. Tough injury to watch. Uh, looked bad. He tweeted out uh, early today or late yesterday uh, that uh, not as bad as it looked, but it's still bad and probably won't be back. Uh, how's Martise Jackson? Is he close? Yeah, is- no. Martise probably won't be won't be ready. I mean, it might be close in a couple weeks, but for right now, he's not. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate for, for Jonesy because he was playing as good as uh, any returner we've had here uh, and guys were just excited about him being back mm-hmm. there. I was excited every time he touched the ball. He's He works hard in practice. Um, he's fearless in the games. That's what I love about him. I mean, you watch him attack the ball. I mean, that's how he got hurt. Yeah. Most most returners aren't even going up and grabbing that ball and he goes up and gets it and gets a 15-yard penalty on it. I mean, we had three 15-yard penalties, I think, in that game or two for sure uh, because of him and his, his ability to do that. Um, it's unfortunate because, like I said, I think we were pretty close to breaking one, and it's been a while since we've we've broken through. So, uh, but we'll, we'll, whoever ends up doing that job uh, down the stretch, we'll have confidence in them as well, and it might afford us to do some other things as well, which is good. All right, uh, uh, quickly here, we got about a minute left. Um, you talked about the lineup earlier, so it looks like we're probably not going to see Trevor Harris, and you're going to take the opportunity to, I don't want to say rest, but keep guys healthy for the playoff game. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it's Brock's decision and some of this stuff to, to, to we have a cap to be under and all those things, so not every move you can that you want to make, you can make. So whatever he's affording us to do as coaches, we're going to take advantage of. Um, again, it's not a game that means anything for us in the standings. It does mean something for us for the guys are going to play and I told them last week if you're on the field for us we want to win and that we've played with everybody in our locker room minus two or three guys so we're used to playing with everybody so when you're in there we're expecting results and that's going to be the mindset this week regardless of who rests regardless of who's on the roster we're going to prepare to win the game and we're going to give it for 60 minutes or however long it takes and want to come out of there with a victory. Jason, thanks for this. Good luck this week. Good luck in Regina on Thank Saturday. You. That's the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. As we've uh, learned today with the snow flying, uh, be wise and winterize. 2 o'clock game time from Regina on Saturday. My name is Morley Scott. Have a great night, everybody.